How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, it's going. It's going. It's going. All right. It's going better, though, because we got special guest, Mike. How's it going, hey. my Mike? Hey, yeah. It's, uh, like you said, yeah, it's going. Definitely, Mike uh... has replaced Mike in the roster. Mike? Really? <laughs> Mike? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad that it's going for you guys. That's um, doesn't really tell me anything. But <laughs> well, actually, by deduction, I know it's not going great because usually well, there you it's go. There like you an go. excellent day. Then yeah. people call it out. Um, it's the uh, the the typical response when you don't want to say, "Oh, let me tell you all of the things that are going awful." Mm, it's mm. going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's fair. There's actually we probably covered this at some point because the amount of meta commentary we've had about asking how people are doing as part of the intro. It's a recurring thing in the show. But I remember reading about um, how Americans um, like confuse people in other cultures mm-hmm. because they'll ask how it's going and not expect a story of whatever is going on in the day or whatever. Um, and I think that that's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's very much a an, an American phenomenon as far as culture goes. Um, yeah, it's but like, it is very much surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to be pretty good friends with somebody to expect them to respond with anything that's not just like a top level wellness check you're like haven't ended it yet and you're like great <laughs> talk to you later oh well then i am i'm very guilty of of breaking that rule as far as uh, as culture goes is i frequently say things like that to especially co-workers they you know they ask me how it's going and i say oh well you know i've only downed half the bottle of whiskey instead of the entire bottle of whiskey <laughs> uh-huh we're improving. I, I know exactly where the edge is too, where the line is. It's like I'm still here. That's that's exactly on the line. Mm-hmm. Anything darker than that, and it's like a little bit too dark or a lot too dark, depending how far you go. But that's a hundred percent the threshold. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky in that I have at least a couple coworkers that appreciate that kind of humor. So mm. even if I am. Um, not necessarily joking i am uh also not breaking any any sort of uh social rules by being extraordinarily dark with with my response right the, they won't interpret it as, sorry go ahead i gonna say it's just a good place to be because i think a lot of my coworkers, i've never met them in person so if i were to make a darker comment like that they would either laugh it off very quickly is like, oh, he's so crazy. Um, or they'd be like, oh, really? Like, what's up? And I'm like, we're not close. I'm not actually going to tell you what's going on. Yeah. Um, but you did ask, and I felt obligated to say something outside of just, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the... Um, we're going to... Someone's going to... One of you guys come up with a term for it, but the, like, shared ennui of employment i don't know it's it's something that exists in the workplace uh it used to be a lot more prevalent when um years back at like my current job where we basically it was more or less a depression circle jerk trauma bonding <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trauma like, bonding who's having who's having a worse day not in, or like you know go back to times where it was really bad or anything like that yeah um I will say, I find that really fucking annoying Mm -hmm. now. I might have done it a lot back then, but if you're like, if someone's like, oh, um, I had like trouble sleeping last night, you're like, you couldn't sleep last night. Let me tell you, I haven't slept ever. Right. You complain about like the weather. It's like, oh, you think it's hot there? It's like, why are you just taking it away? Instead of saying, like, yeah, I I sympathize. I also feel similar because of the thing I was about to mention. Yeah, there's definitely a, a, a line between trauma bonding and one-upmanship, like like a yeah, story yeah. topper. Nobody likes a story topper. Yeah, right. I know at least one story topper, personally. We're not close people, but like, 
I, I know one. Not a fan. Not a fan. You're just like talking about a time that you got injured doing something dumb and they're like, well, yeah, I died. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> got my appendix removed. You had an appendix? Oh, oh, All right, Mr. Money Shoes. <laughs> Born with a silver appendix. <laughs> yeah. In his mouth, oddly enough. Oh, in his mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what type of ritual was going on during this delivery? <laughs> Um, this is before we came up with circumcision being cool i think mm, mm-hmm. it's still in the works it's been it's been cool for a long time i think it's falling out of vogue yeah in western civilization people go on vacation they're like wait a minute <laughs> um I don't know where I don't I don't even track that one exactly where people go on vacation. You might have to break that one down to me because my brain immediately went to like Home Alone. And I was like, that's not right. This is not the connection. <laughs> it's not like Kevin McAllister was left. Kevin McAllister's mom was a fucking European guys. Ah, European okay. as as a culture typically not circumcised. Gosh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't, I don't remember that part of the movie. <laughs> director's cut. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, the director's uncut. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I love Sometimes. that feeling, like where you you hear a phrase and you're like, "This is this is the time to jump," and then everybody has the same feeling. Love mm-hmm. it. It's like here here's the prompt, and everyone's ready. Like, all right, got the got the call. Call and response. That's what I was going for. Colin Farrell, Colin Mockery. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mockeries, um, I don't actually don't have a segue for that. Uh, I was going very on? interested to see where that was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about X? No. <laughs> um, actually, no. I don't have anything. <laughs> I, was, I was about to be like, should I mission a game? Now we already covered that. Nobody cares. Hey, beyond uh, state of being, what's been going on with you guys that you care to share with the internet? Oh, um, if it's pointing to me for the time being, um, recently been trying some Rogue Tower a little bit more, very passively. Um, doing some Dota 2 again as my social game. Some other games that I can't mention in public ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the other podcast. Yeah, it's. Soapstone after dark. Podcast after dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I picked up Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. I played it for like 20 minutes. We'll see where it goes. I don't know. It's. I don't think going to be the best entry in the series. It feels going to be very JRPG'd up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I have a segue for this, but I need you to buy time, Mike, so my segue won't make any sense. Sure. Yeah. Um... I've been playing mostly indie games, as is uh, my MO. Uh, I've been playing 20 Minutes Till Dawn, really enjoying that. They've they've made a balancing pass, so that's it feels a lot more balanced at this point. Um, you know, the the standby of Binding of Isaac. Oh, been, classic. Oh. Yeah, I've been doing uh, runs with the hardest character, which is now Tainted Lost. If you hated Lost before, it's much worse now with Tainted Lost. Isn't Lost the the one hit lose? Well, so yeah, or something. Technically, yes. <laughs> it's it's the one hit loss character, but there are ways you can mitigate that. Tainted Lost takes away a lot of the ways you can mitigate that. So, ah, yeah, that sounds patently unfun. <laughs> it is, but uh, the character is also guaranteed to get better items. Okay. So it's it's easier to get a busted run, and then you just have to survive. So, mm-hmm. like Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard Spaceship Breaker. Been been right. playing a lot of that. It's um, effectively just a three D puzzle game, except you're taking ships apart in orbit. Were you here when we were talking about? I I know we I know we mentioned it on an episode. Or we talked about it before an episode, but the the story I saw it was posted to Discord. The tutorial segment. Mm-hmm. No, okay, I'm gonna restate it. This is fine. If you guys already heard it, you can 
walk away, make coffee and come back. Um, but it was like a t- it was a streamer or someone who was doing the tutorial section and it got to the point of where they can pull or repel themselves, um, you know, using a grapple or something like that. And they like repelled a piece of debris, like while the person's talking, like in the tutorial voice explaining mechanics. Um, and it like bounces off the wall, ricochets back at them, hits them, which does like a minor amount of damage, not a big deal. But the velocity, it propels them straight into the incinerator. (laughs) And they just die. They burn to death instantly in the tutorial. (laughs) And it was was a good time. Yeah, it's definitely one of those... um, The the number of ways you can kill yourself in a tutorial are very high. Hmm. You can do a lot of things to, to kill yourself very quickly. Most of them shattering your helmet, but yeah. So is it just like slowly assembling pieces in space, but needing to be mindful of if you set something in motion, it will keep going? Uh, yeah, disassembly, but um, okay. yeah, breaking a, breaking a ship apart. Um, it, go, it, it starts very simple, you know, just cut here, cut here, cut here, and then send it on its way to the uh, processing points. But um yeah, the, the physics gets real weird. Um, you do have to keep an eye on stuff that if you detach it and and don't tie it down, it will have a tendency to just float away. Um, as the ship gets lighter, um, the entire chassis of the ship will just start floating away, which is a little strange. So you have to you have to be really doesn't have that. gravity anymore enough mass. Yeah, like you start out not being able to pull the entire chassis with your grapple, um, but you can later with upgrades. So like if you accidentally grab the chassis with an upgraded grapple gun, you could just like rotate the entire ship like (laughs) in 360, uh, all six axes. So you could really, really mess with how it's oriented and accidentally send it into the wrong processing point. So yeah. (laughs) Then you lose your job the ultimate game over no it just gets added to your your um your debt yeah yeah the gameplay the gameplay itself is fun it's enjoyable it's very chill aside from you know maybe setting off a nuclear reactor um mm-hmm. we've all been there the, the story is very dystopian and uh i've had to pretty much ignore it because it's just uh future worries of this is where we are headed yeah so yeah i was gonna say it sounds kind of like animal crossing if it's just like a chill (laughs) environment in a game but the main motivation is paying off your debt Um, yeah sounds like the backing themes are a little different there though yeah yeah i mean they're there is a story to it. So, you know, if that's what you, you want to get out of it, there's a, there's an easy mode where you don't really have to worry about anything. Um, mm-hmm. but if you just want yeah. the depression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you just want to be, <laughs> lose all hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I was going to hand it back over to Dave because, um, I don't know. It's been a while since you said anything. You asked a question. Well, I was actually going to prompt Mike with another question because I know the answer to it. What have you been playing this on? Have you been doing this just on standalone PC? For the most part, um, like Shipbreaker, I've been playing on PC, um, but indie games in particular, I've been playing on Steam Deck. Um, Nice. They work particularly well. Um, It's mostly not because of um, hardware power that things like shipbreaker um shipbreaker is just it's not verified as working on the platform so the controls may not work the best with ah, with okay. the steam deck controls um and the steam 20- deck correct me if i'm wrong it's laid out kind of like the switch when it has the uh the joy cons attached yeah it's like a larger it's, screen controller yeah it's probably a good two or three inches wider with the with the controls attached Mm-hmm. Although, you know, with Steam Deck, you can't detach them. So it's all just one. It's, it's a PSP on steroids, effectively. Mm-hmm. People love the PSP. <laughs> yeah. It was Actually, before its time. 
yeah, I mean, a, a surprising number of people have nostalgia for it. Um, I mean, it was yeah. like the first handheld, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just going off of GameStop memories. You're it wrong. was the first handheld really off of past Game Boy. Like there might have been something by Sega at a point, but yeah. probably after PSP, and it was like a shallow attempt. <laughs> um, yes, Game Gear. Yeah, oh, okay. I had I had this exact conversation with somebody. It might have been with me, Jake. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Are, you, uh, are you guys podcasting behind my back? Yeah. <laughs> we, that was we subzone after after dark. Is that yeah. all? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we were actually sitting in your apartment when we had this conversation. It's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Was pretty funny. Oh shit, was I there? <laughs> you you very much were. I mean, physically. Okay, there we go. That's where yeah. emotionally yeah, tapped. Yeah. Astral me. astral plane visit probably. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was that, cool, the, you could put a full on Sega Genesis cartridge in it. And yeah. played full Sega games. Yeah, that was the the one difference and probably the one improvement that the Game Gear had over the Game Boy. You know, Game Boy had its own cartridges, um, but the Game Gear could play Sega Genesis cartridges. Yeah. Not very well, but it could play them. I feel it's like better. a lot of the other games uh, could have actually benefited from that. Because, mm-hmm. like... Obviously, things like uh, GameCube, Xbox are very heavy and a pain in the ass to kind of bring around. Mm-hmm. I mean, with GameCube, they had like a handle built into it, but you couldn't just like prop it up and play. You needed external stuff. Yeah. But a lot of things would have been fun to play just in a more portable fashion. Yeah. The downside was that the battery lasted until you unplugged the AC adapter from the wall. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Portable if you're buying outlet. Uh huh. They didn't get batteries like what they had for phones until much later. I know I know that there's some PlayStation bias in the room. Virtual room, not the logical room. Um but uh do you guys remember the N sixty four um adapter that like let you just plug in a Game Boy game? Yep. Play it on N sixty four? That's that was mainly sold to me through Pokemon Stadium. Mm-hmm. Because like, hey, you can bring your Pokemon into the game. And so you bring like your level thing. 99s in. You're like, yeah, fuck, fuck them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other things you could have done with it. I think you could straight up play Game Boy games. Oh, so you're just doing it through the console itself. Yeah. It was like literally just an attachment on the back of the controller in Game Boy games were so rudimentary. <laughs> They're like 64 bits is plenty. Let's go. Gigantic pixels. Mm-hmm. It was actually, yeah, the resolution was not upscaled in any smart way. It was pretty ridiculous. It, it kind of reminds me of um, Sega Genesis had a, a, a similar thing, but it actually plugged into the cartridge slot on the game or on the system. Um, called the 32X. It took it from a 16-bit system to a 32-bit system. You could still play Genesis games, but there were games that were specifically made for the 32X. Um, yeah. Ooh. Which was kind of wild. I, I remember buying one as Dark. Sega Genesis was effectively being taken off the market. So I got it yeah. very cheap. That also reminds me of GameShark when you're talking about intermediary you know, cartridges where it's literally just like the technology is so basic. We can just literally put something in them, like literal plastic in the middle and mm-hmm. it still works. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of wild when you think about it that, you know, putting something like that between the hardware and the cartridge had to introduce some sort of latency, but I guess maybe it didn't particularly matter because no online. In Nintendo yeah. Space. No online. <laughs> I guess as no. long as yeah, I guess as long as the throughput was fine, it would it wouldn't have really mattered. Well, it's not actually blocking the cartridge and the console, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah you're no, just making just... a tower, Legos basically. Yeah, out of cartridges yeah. is what we're describing. Yeah, or Lego, excuse me. I know, <laughs> I know, our, <laughs> I know our our, our listenership. <laughs> yeah. Duplex, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, since you spoke of Lego, uh, I've also been been building. It is Duplo. It's okay. Um, I have been building more Lego. 
the, the oh, collection yeah? expands. I've actually got a few acquired recently. Annie. Um, well, I bought Annie. Uh, Annie is my wife for people who don't know that. Um, Friend of the show. And you bought her. Okay, I'm caught Friend up. Yeah, yeah, you buy yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got her from. I got her from Lego. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. How many a, pieces? It, or is that too personal? Surprisingly, <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's that's um, an anime. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I bought her. Uh, it was a a set of succulents. Um, so like each bag was like one or two succulents that would fit into like a plant pot together. Oh um, damn! That she has thoroughly enjoyed putting together, and uh, has been her like after work relaxing activity. Um, which has been really nice. Uh, I also bought the uh, Lego Optimus Prime. Nice. Whose uh, key feature is that it transforms without having to take it apart and put it back together. Uh, That's impressive from an engineering standpoint. Yeah. I I kept saying to Annie, you know, get out. I kept saying, get the fuck out. Like every time something new (laughs) that I discovered, it was like, Oh, this is how they did this. That's brilliant. Get the fuck out. Like, just (laughs) purely at the awe of the engineering that went into into making it. It was just, it was really enjoyable to build. Yeah. Lego's one of those companies that's been like pushing, pushing the envelope on imagination. Like, Disney, watch out. Um, Even though their position is literally Imagineers, like, Lego, since like freaking Mindstorms, has been doing ridiculous stuff. Didn't they have like a a console game come out recently, or is yeah. coming out? Yeah, I think they've had a. Well, I mean, they've had all of the, like the the Lego Star Wars, like a Marvel. Star Wars. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I meant more of like um, like they're actually giving you scenarios of like, oh, we need you to build this. We're not gonna tell you what yeah. to do, which pieces, but like find a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like you said, it's either come out recently or it's coming out soon. I've seen advertisements for it. Um, I can't remember the last right. time I played a Lego game in the sense of like a Lego Star Wars, but I always remember them being entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the humor and the- is just like it's in the same way you watch like a, a PG 13 like kids movie, like maybe something from Disney. You're like, that's mm. mm-hmm. it, it makes you smile. You're mad that you're smiling, but you're like, that was actually really good and clever. Like yeah. Lego movie was peak that but it was just actually perfect and you got the uh the the lego yoda death sound out of it so that was that was enough in its own right i don't know if i remember that. no okay uh, it's i mean like so all right i'll make a note we'll put it in the podcast right here Yo, yoda death sound um but you don't recognize it i think if you heard it because it's used in a lot um it's very over the top. I also I wanted to mention on the Lego front, uh, we covered it a little bit in our Flash Games episode, but I used to play tons of Flash Games on the Lego site. Um, and they had a bunch of really cool stuff back then. A lot of them made it into the Flash Games collection, actually. I think that might have been a little before my interest in Lego. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I never really had that many Lego actual toys, so this was my opportunity. Also, I spent a lot of time on the computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, growing up, we never had sets. We just, we had the the multi-purpose bucket of just yeah. a thousand pieces, and then you just made with it what you could. It's like the, the, the two... Uh, what is it? Two by four pieces on the side, one in the middle, one on the top to make like a claw looking thing. It's freaking great. Yeah. Budget. It's a budget TIE fighter or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Imagination makes up like 90% of it. I mean, it's also I... fun to take like the pre existing sets and like you made them and then you dismantled them and went to like the, the all purpose bucket. But then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I want to make something. And you're like, oh, I can use this thing. Like a lot of the shields and like weapons and make cool little guys. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah was, I think... it was a big part of my childhood of just 
taking a multitude of pieces and just turning them into something and then being really proud of it. And then one of my brothers breaking it and not being able to put it back together. So, yeah. Uh huh. Then you get to make something new. Yeah. The dream. Me looking for the silver lining of your brother being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for buying me time there, Mike. Um, going back uh, to the things uh, we were, we've seen recently. Uh, minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave had mentioned uh, Dragon Ball, which mm-hmm. reminded me of a video that came out like yesterday as a recording, maybe the day before, but it was for uh, DBZ Fighters. The... Um, 2d fighting game which honestly if you look at it 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 looks pretty good like it's got cool animations and everything um it's a 2d fighter so i'm ineligible but uh it does look cool but the video was entirely about this latest dlc fighter uh that came out called lab coat 21 and uh so capcom does this thing and i think we actually talked about it previously where they just release um overpowered dlc to Mm -hmm. sell it Mm -hmm. um and i don't know how into fighting games you are mike so this might just be a segment for dave you can you can you can come back if you need to um but uh this character is like absolutely busted like there's not there's like three or something like wake up um offensive moves for someone who's grounded in the game otherwise they're basically invulnerable unless you hit them with a super um, and she just has one. She's just like, all right, you can just like heal stomp them, which then pops them up into a combo so you can continue. And then there's a bunch of other stuff in the video um, about how her like her frame data is broken and there's all this stuff. And to cap it all off, I'm not going to go into a crazy amount of detail. Um, she has a, a special move that like is a command grab um, that reduces the damage the opponent deals by 21% for the entire rest of the game. And buffs all of her supers for, or all of her specials for the entire rest of the game. What? Um, what? Uh huh. And like they, they ran a tournament after she came out, and the only person who didn't have her in their roster got sixth. Everyone above that had her. Um, and it's just, it's absurd. I, I fucking hate shit like that, because I'm, I'm by no means a fighting game purist, but I respect like the art to a degree and mm-hmm. like balance patches the reason that they do balancing is so shit like this doesn't happen like usually if a new fighter comes out and somebody does really well with them it's because oh people don't want to play against them yet right mm-hmm. so if you spend Steve. a lot of time working on that character exactly mm-hmm. he's definitely not doing good right now um <laughs> uh, that's an inside like, joke for the smash community <laughs> he's doing pretty well for the people who know yeah play. he's dominating tournaments now um but like if people spend a lot of time, you want to be rewarded for that. Like, oh, it's my skill versus your skill. Not, oh, this person's literally fucking broken. Because mm-hmm. usually like new characters will come out and you make them overpowered to make them exciting initially. And then you balance them before like it goes into actual standard play. So people still care, but it's a fun but not completely broken character. Otherwise, why not everybody pick that character all the time? Yeah, Capcom's been hitting it from both ends apparently because for for their previous character, they actually like nerfed all of the characters in the roster regarding a certain mechanic, which is like I think the ability to hit somebody after super or something like that. And then they introduced a new character who was able to do it. They like removed it from like everybody else, and then they literally launched a character with it. And it's like this is choice capitalism. I hope their new Street Fighter sucks and they don't get any money. <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Do you have any hard opinions on fighting games? I mean, I'm I'm always willing to play them, but um, I'm always bad at them. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. kind of an indifference, I guess. But... So you'll get roped in at like one of my parties, but you wouldn't oh, yeah. seek it out on your own. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily. That's I think, fair. I think the last fighting game that I bought was probably. Mortal Kombat X, like the the first remake. Yeah, it's that's a good one. But only played against against the 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 AI, not never against a human. They're the worst, as it turns out. They are because they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I just like being able to swear at somebody. Mm. It's not the same pizza computer. Right. I mean, you can always just swear at somebody. You don't have to be playing a fighting game to do that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, There's like a, a, a kid's summer program happening at like a gym nearby me. <laughs> so they're out for most of the day. And not, not my yard by any means, but like a nearby field. Someone's yard. God's yard. <laughs> God's yard. <laughs> <laughs> Takes good care of it most of the time. Uh, Temperature is usually a little bit hot, though. I'll say that. Yeah. I was sitting outside a little bit, actually, right right prior to this, because the UV index was like 1, um, which is really low. Um, the estimate was you'd have to be in the sunlight for like an hour to get burned. Um, Damn. But it was, it was kind of nice, you know, just sitting out on the patio get like a breeze come by and just like hmm, i get it i get it we get it you own a house come on <laughs> <laughs> it could just be a detached patio <laughs> yeah. house, somebody else's patio <laughs> yeah do you do you have the rocking chair outside yet or just no, a rocking chair at all we don't have a rocking chair unfortunately but we have um patio chairs well, they couldn't have a yeah. rocking chair because then they would squish the chipmunk that's true oh, that's true fred would not appreciate it you just have to like look under each time before you r- rock forward. Mm-hmm. Look again before you rock back. He actually ran ran away when I went outside there. He's just like, ah, okay, runs runs around the side of the house. So He's you really adorable. That, you guys aren't that close yet. Not yet, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, he was actually outside of our window um, this morning, and I was taking pictures of him, which are like not at all going to show up here, but it actually does. That shows up pretty well. Um. Because he's just sitting on a rock uh, for the listeners who can't actually see the pictures. And he's just chilling here, like, eating stuff. And Jenny's legitimately like, I don't remove weeds from this area because <laughs> he eats them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I mean, confirm Jake, not a Disney princess, but Jenny may be a Disney princess. Yeah, I think she's, she's working to be one, yeah. Uh-huh. Intern. Internship. Well, I remember as a youth like reading some books of like uh i forget who it was but there was a fictional character based on a true story of a young boy who went to go like live out in the woods and like stole a peregrine falcon and like trained it and all this stuff i'm like man wouldn't that be cool i'm not sure if the look is like that sounds familiar or if that doesn't sound familiar at all it does sound familiar it kind of sounds impossible also yeah Yeah, there's certain things like that i think we're definitely uh some liberties were taken, but I always yeah. liked that idea of, oh, maybe I can actually like go sit outside with just like bird seed in my hand and like wait for a couple hours mm-hmm. each day. I realized I never had the patience remotely, mm-hmm. but if you become enough of like a, a stable fixture, they're like, oh, there's food there consistently. Yeah. And they're thinking it's not moving, probably safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how, how I befriended a a squirrel at our last apartment. Aww. It would just come out onto the balcony and then we started putting out peanuts for it. And eventually it started allowing us to sit on the balcony with it. And then it That's started so climbing into my lap to eat peanuts. So yeah. That's actually amazing. And then it got hit by a car. No. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice story while it lasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why'd you put peanuts in front of the car? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's the betrayal. Yeah. Trust if, no one. If I can share one cute animal story, I know I've, it's like the only one I have. So I know I've told it over the years, but um, many years ago, uh, back when I grew up with my parents, uh, there was a park down the road and my mom and I would go there sometimes and play tennis. And the one time there was like a squirrel just on the tennis court. We're like, oh, that's cute. Um, but it was kind of not running away so much. It would kind of like walk a little bit and then kind of like chill. And then like kind of like startle itself uh, and then go again. We eventually found out that it was a narcoleptic squirrel or oh. something else was wrong with it. Um, but we were able to like go up and pet it, which I don't think I was supposed to do at the time. Probably like, not. Oh, it's no. nature. It's here. It's so cute and present. Uh-huh. Um but literally go like five feet and then kind of like doze off and then just become immobile and then be like, Oh shit, I was doing something. What was that? Um, 
Wow. It was cute, though. It was pretty cute. I'll be I'll be the Debbie Downer and say to the listening audience: If you see animals behaving oddly, <laughs> like don't pet them. Pro- probably <laughs> disease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rabies is like the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> so if there's a chance that you know they have it, then don't. <laughs> um, not to change the topic to rabies, but it is pretty messed up. I'm not I'm not an expert on it, but you can just go to Wikipedia and. You will be an expert, and you'll I never that was... never touch a peer, touch a weird squirrel again. Wasn't that a Genesis game? Rayman raving rabies. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he died actually after that game. They oh, never shit. made another Rayman game. Rabbits had to go on without him. Yeah, they went on to. Uh... They didn't they have a game with rabbits and Mario, but it was uh-huh. designed like XCOM. Was... Yep. 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 And one in... nearly every fight you could win in one turn or something like that. It was, what? yeah. I wasn't sure of the difficulty, but I know they won a, an award for it and like the creator of it like cried at the game awards. It was like a very touching moment. Um, Cause they just like were so invested in the game. Yeah. Sometimes people still make games as a, a passion, you know, thing. So God of War. It's rare. Yeah, you see that's it. weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it started though the idea of mashing up uh, Mario and Rabbids Nintendo's done that like a little bit more recently right like they did uh, we talked about it just very briefly Cadence of Hyrule and some other games where they're like hey yeah sure whatever you can use Link or Mario in your game I'm trying very to think weird. of Another instance, I know way back they had Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, mm-hmm. which was a big crossover for the time. I think that was post like Sega's downfall, though, right? When Nintendo yeah. was absorbing Mario and or Mario absorbing <laughs> Sonic into the fold. They were they were taking a a literal and in game victory lap. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I still love a a good crossover, but it has to be of like two IPs I like. Mm -hmm. I really don't like when they take a character I do like and they shove them into like a shitty IP. I'm like, why'd you do that? What I'm I'm hearing is uh, Doki Doki Literature Club and Hoonie Pop. (laughs) (laughs) If they did a crossover, that'd be insane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the genre of that game is anymore. Um, with that crossover, I don't know. Maybe I guess it's dating still a sim, match. A it's still point. a match three and still a dating sim, but if if with... you if you lose, the consequences are much more dire. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I also I appreciate Honey Pop because it takes all of the. Uh, you could just reference that game. Right, it's just like okay, haha. You want to like reference weird Steam? It's Honey Pop. Someone's playing something weird on Steam. It's Honey Pop. You know, yeah. Uh, it's a great gather the entire uh, scope of weird Steam stuff and be like, that person plays Honey Pop. It's like calling video games. Oh, you playing the Pokemans? Mm-hmm. And to like the onlooker, you're like yeah, yeah, sure, it's Pokemans. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you don't tell them what it actually is. A Connect Three game, the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know, Dave's played Honey Pop. The, the way it sounds, have have you also played Honey Pop, Dave or Jake? I can not confirm or deny any I Connect see. Three game oh. uh, progress ever made. Uh, um, Boggle was a a very formative time for me. Um, <laughs> I realize it's not Connect Three, but it's still Connect the Orbs. Um. But then I saw people like straight up lose their minds to Candy Crush. Mm. And so you got to swear that stuff off. Right. To be also, fair, those are. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I, I would like to apologize if I have uh, unduly outed you, Dave. I, I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, it's it is common he has knowledge the edit. and a meme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit this out. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, it's definitely not the worst thing I've played. 
Uh, I also don't think it's the worst game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is mildly entertaining for what it is. Um, but I do not enjoy match three as a format because it's just very tedious in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. I yeah, also I guess... think I actually know something about Honey Pop. Um, the version on Steam is not like an adult game per se. Like it's one of those games where like in the comments for for them, it's like, hey, you could patch it if you want, you know, if you want things to go a little, a little bit crazy. But it is also like legitimately just a Connect 3 game, which I assume is the version Dave's played all these hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a follow-up to that. That was just my uh, yeah. Throwing throwing the lifeline, and then I've definitely <laughs> never played a enhanced or modded version of any game. Mm-hmm. Payday Two, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Three. Mods are great. No, they're the best. I was actually listening to um, uh, our Divinity. Uh, original sin 2 episode um because i sent it off to someone uh this week and uh i, I don't know if you're a, if i think that might be the one game we played modded where you're like ah <laughs> but uh otherwise i think it they, they generally hold up yeah i still love that game i think i've played three separate campaigns mm-hmm. but i know when we did the modded one with justin it was uh a buggy nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Mike remembers like when we had like long fights or we would like lose for like either the game crashing other under quote unquote normal circumstances mm-hmm. or us just losing. It was a pain in the dick to go back and do some of that. Oh yeah. So just so he could turn into a fucking bear, Justin, you fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> Still a solid game. Still an entertaining mod though. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think those those Crashes after long long sections of not saving uh, definitely killed any joy for the early game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like I'm really surprised that their default auto saving policy isn't more aggressive. Like I think it does sometimes around combat, but I I I don't think it's consistent. Mm-hmm. So you could sometimes lose progress up to like even beyond the breakout of a combat encounter. I think if it like always games should auto save pretty much like at combat in my opinion, because if you're going to save scum, it's going to be here. If you're going to be upset, if you die and lose progress, it's going to be here. Put your saves right at the beginning of combat. Yeah, Life but, advice. But then that would have to change like... for hardcore. Like if somebody's playing hardcore mm-hmm. one life and then your save file is done. I mean that's that sounds like the right way to do it then, right? Because well, shouldn't be save save scumming and and hardcore theoretically. Yeah. I don't think I could play that game hardcore though. Like if you have crits, hardcore is it could be a bad time. Yeah, there'd be the one time I wouldn't factor something going horribly wrong. Or just not turning the camera and seeing one enemy. Or maybe an enemy hasn't even shown himself yet. And you're like, oh, my people are way out of position. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. But thankfully, like you can revive and other things to mitigate. Have, so, like, um, it wouldn't be like a full party wipe. But... Have, have either of you actually played any games on like a hardcore mode? I think we talked about this yesterday. No, no, no. Last episode, we were talking about death. No. We talked about oh. video game death, and we talked about hardcore a little bit there. Well, um, now this is awkward. <laughs> no, it's kind of funny. Well, no, I'm I'm glad you're keeping up, right? You're yeah. like, hey, yeah. you know, relating yeah. to that thing you guys talked about last week. Yeah, that's uh, totally where it was coming from. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, um, I mean, I'm not hugely into it uh, because maybe if I was younger, I'd enjoy it like a little bit more. But um, I don't know. I I don't want to be frustrated. Right. with the game and so i'm more likely to cheat at a game than i am to play hardcore mode if that makes any sense yeah no that makes sense <laughs> you you want to get enjoyment out of the game and not um the frustration that you may or may not experience in real life at work yeah mm-hmm. 
because you know playing on that kind of a difficulty level is effectively work like you have to do so much more you have to put so much more focus yeah. and more more energy and more time yeah. into making sure nothing is going to screw up and just i would agree that it seems like it's more more work than what it's worth hmm. i want to append though i do enjoy survival modes a lot of mm. times like fallout 4 had a survival mode eventually and add a lot of mechanics. If it's just like changing the gameplay style up and then difficulty is a side effect of that, then I might be on, bar- on board for it if it's a more immersive experience, but not just make it super, super hard for hardness sake. I would so say survival steal my mode is more like you're doing a run of something and it's assumed that it's it has like a fixed time somewhere mm-hmm. versus you just straight up losing all the progress because you died once. So yeah. like Nazi zombies back in like the college era was amazing because you get everybody together, like you'd see how far you could go. Mm-hmm. But you knew at some point there was going to be an end of the road. Mm-hmm. It's Vampire Survivors. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Vampire Survivors, 20 minutes till dawn. I, I have grown to appreciate the fact that a run is going to take a very specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there's half an hour before I have to go do a thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna run this 20 minute game, and and that's it. Death will cut me off if I am tempted to go over. Right? It's like... <laughs> yeah, which also applies to real life, actually. So that's nice. That that will be my out if something's running too long. <laughs> well, no, I was saying if if you're ever just like, yeah, I think I'll just like live forever. It's like no, limited run. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just keep forgetting to put points into like progression or anything that's going to mm-hmm. up my stats. Um, it's very common. Very I'm just common. playing a survival game at this point. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Subsistence. Was that what it was called? It was Subsistence. Sub- was the I don't want to say the director's cut version, like- but it was like the enhanced version. Ah, so okay. I think they did change some things. Maybe add a skin or two. I forget what the Maybe some graphical stuff. That, but that would probably just cost more money still if it was the, the same game. <laughs> Knowing Konami. Honestly, yeah, it could have been. <laughs> was that PS2 or PS3? Two. Okay. Two. And I only remember that because there was a specific, I don't want to say glitch, but exploit you could do with uh, the binoculars and zooming in and then quick switching to your weapon. Uh, so your reticle would be in the exact same point and you could like snipe people with your pistol. And like mm-hmm. tranquilize them from like a mile away. It's so good. But I remember the right. specific hand configuration on the PS2 Dual Shock for that. That's actually a recurring thing in games. Like that was in Dark Souls also. You use binoculars first to like get your reticule right exactly here. And that's where magic would go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like binoculars in one hand and wand in the other hand was a legitimate <laughs> magic build. Seriously? For PvE. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I can't imagine using magic, at least especially older Dark Souls types games, without targeting and just mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm going to line this up. Well, the targeting only went so far out, but you could line up shots even further out with the binoculars. Oh, it's so like outside of aggro range. Yes. This isn't something you usually be doing ah. in combat. This is because you're cheesing the game, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, um, what is it? Uh, Manus in DS1. You can, mm-hmm. like, snipe him from the top of the pit. You're just, like, find find somewhere down there there's some red eyes, and we're just going to take that health bar to zero before we drop down. <laughs> then he just dies. God, Again, more likely to cheat so than play hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point I did try Diablo 2 hardcore, hmm. but I only got to, like, level 30 or something before I either died or quit out of just sheer anxiety. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fought Rock and Ishu and shit their pants, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Rock and Ishu. <laughs> yeah, the, so, the anxiety is the big part. Like, yeah. uh, it's the main reason I can't play XCOM in any mode, essentially. It's just like, I feel like this is sub-opt- suboptimal things happened. And so I'm working my way towards defeat in my brain. And mm-hmm. that just makes it unfun for me. It also has an Iron Man mode, 
there's no way I'm touching that. Like, there's right. negative chance. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's strange that even on the easier difficulties, XCOM is still such a brutally difficult game. Like, it, mm -hmm. it just feels like the game is just trying to give you the middle finger the entire time. Yeah. It wants to make it, uh, the, it wants to make the experience harrowing. Right. By making close calls happen even if you're prepared right um or sometimes you just get screwed <laughs> you know like that's that's the game yeah. um fire the fire the soldier that missed the point blank shotgun shot <laughs> with 99 <99 laughs> percent accuracy or whatever seriously that they're an break alien my heart right? <laughs> this is a war they're very clearly an alien <laughs> Like when a game gives you a ten percent chance for something to happen, I like don't even think about it. When it does happen, I'm like, yeah, RNG, what up? But if I see anything that's over fifty percent, I'm like, why didn't that happen every single time? Right. It was guaranteed. Right. Feels so bad. Yeah. There's a. I'm forgetting the game, but there was a game where um, the way it handled luck and something else. Um, you could continue to stack past 100% and the further over 100%. So 100% uh, you would always fire two bullets. And then if you went past 150%, you were guaranteed to fire three bullets. And Ooh. beyond that, like the scale got smaller and smaller for stacking higher and higher. And you would you could eventually be firing like 10 bullets from a single shot if you really stacked luck. Um, it just made me think of that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to find I, that. I always like when luck actually becomes a value stat versus being such a throwaway. Because mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll, I will gamble with RNG if I know the odds could be good. Mm. But if it's just like, hey, with this might, your item finds better. I'm like, oh, it I might don't do care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it needs to actually have an impact versus just being a very, very passive ability. That's one of the things I've liked. I mean, like luck is a really common dump stat in the fallout series, but you can also very clearly see what you're missing by not having luck. Like, yeah, the crit chance is somewhere in the background and whatever. Um, but like in fallout three and new Vegas and four, if you come up against the requirements for like a luck perk and you don't have enough points in luck, you specifically see like, this is what the advantage would have been. Um, like I'm more a fan of them giving you the information and then allowing you to build around it. It's still a very common dump stat that and charisma oftentimes take uh, a big hit in those games, but um, at least it's an informed decision instead of, I don't know, you're going to slip on a banana pill at the midpoint in the game because <laughs> you didn't put any points in luck. <laughs> yeah, it's, better to show everything up front and then you can decide like oh for this playthrough this is my character who i will be mm -hmm. but also knowing the benefits of it versus just i hope i can talk my way out of all situations and hope there's never guns involved yeah also Speaking like rounding of... stats mm, so much better oh yeah like yeah. if one stat applies to multiple things versus just one singular thing yeah yeah it's good it's good to double dip if you can Speaking of talking yourself out of all situations, though, and guns and things like that, uh, I have been playing Griftlands recently, um, and that is a game that has those things. Yeah, I watched a, a fair bit of it when it was first out in early access. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely uh, was interesting. Uh, it just was not something that that piqued my interest, but it. it it seemed like it was, I mean, it's a clay game, so it's it's going to be very well thought out. It's, the art's going to be good. The sound design's going to be good, and the, the world's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was a little burnt out on Slay the Spire at that point, so... Yeah, that's not I, the time I, to pick it up. Yeah. For, for, for the listeners, the, uh, the combat uh, is Slay the Spire, <laughs> yeah. and the negotiation system is adjacent to slay the spire it's slay the spire plus some other mechanics right but no it's really cool 
I, yeah, the comparison to Celia Spire is probably not a hundred percent fair. It, it, it's it's a hundred percent fair. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a it's a deck building uh, combat game, but the it's not like a vertical climbing system like you see in other games like uh, Peglin. Um, it, it it feels like there's actually a world there instead of just this nondescript uh, path forward. There is, but um, they kind of just hide it a little bit, right? Like in Slay the Spire, you see the branches mm-hmm. ahead of you. And in Griftlands, it's like as you progress through the day, different missions are available and they might come from like a random pool. Gotcha. They might be encounters you saw from like a different run, but you get different choices. Um, so they kind of like if you were to collapse them in a computer science way, mm-hmm. it probably would form a similar uh, structure. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a more immersive style of slay the spire yeah mechanically you're saying it behaves the same yeah um it is um more uh narrative though like the it's a decisions matter game going back to to that old steam tag um where like every single person you run across basically has like a buff if they love you a debuff if they hate you um, and loot if you kill them. <laughs> so for a given run, like in order to populate all that information, you need to make everyone hate you, you know, over the course of however many runs, love you over however many runs, and kill them <laughs> over however many runs. Um, so, so do the relationships persist between runs? Is that the meta progression? No, no. no. Okay. Um, but it is it is a longer run game, gotcha. where like we we're talking about Vampire Survivors cuts you off at thirty minutes. Griftlands. It pushes up against the boundary of how long I want a given run gotcha. to last. Um, so almost like a, almost like a, a darkest dungeon kind of length. Like you could yes, you could yeah. spend up three or four hours easily. Oh yeah, mm. very much like that. But it's really good though. Um, and if you played Slay of the Spire, it has the uh, you know like seventy percent of the mechanics off the jump, but. Um, it's still really good card art and all that stuff. I don't want to talk about it a bunch because this isn't me. She'll, they haven't paid me anything. Yeah. Um, yet. Yeah. Optimism is key. Got to put mm-hmm. that on your vision board. Make money <laughs> from talking about video games. Uh-huh. Pray to the vision board every day. I think I that's just, how it's I just pray to vision, the Marvel character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seems I go directly to the Mind Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is pretty bored that you pray to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That, that's, that's been the thing, though. And then trying to make more progress in Death Stranding really recently. I so. did see you launch that, like, right before we recorded. I was like, is he, is he going back? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, my opinions of the game still hold true as far as the things I find tedious and the things I find entertaining or cool about it. Um, I just haven't found it in myself to go back to it yet. Yeah. I mean, you beat the game though, right? No. I think. No, you didn't. Never mind. I, well, didn't, I, like, <laughs> I think I made it to the last area. Mm-hmm. So towards end game, but probably still like 50 hours off because, you know, Kojima. Mm-hmm. It's out on PC now. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm playing it on. Gotcha. So you didn't make it through the Mountain Dew uh, fountains level. That makes sense. Okay. It I could, mean, I believe it that's be, a it, thing. I believe it could be it's a in thing. the game. I yeah. believe it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's something silly. You could say there's a mission specifically about pissing in like certain locations. I'd be like, yeah, believe it. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird game. When I started it back up, there's actually like dialogue for certain characters where it's like, wow, it's been a long time since I saw you. And I was like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, time has not progressed <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Thanks. Fragile. I, we should talk at some point, not this episode, but like about internal clocks, because I know uh, Animal Crossing obviously had that. Mm-hmm. I just I think that's an interesting thing for the game to keep track of. Yeah. In the case of Animal Crossing, it matters for like holidays and like events and other stuff, and Turns. then building that relationship with your NPCs. But you don't mm-hmm. see it too too often. 
more games should let you be a time traveler just by adjusting the system clock idea for a game so let's get this into the podcast so if someone makes it they owe us royalties it's one of those games that plays with your perceptions of like what's going on in the game what's not um where you're required to adjust your system clock to see future and past events interesting this will be basically unplayable for anyone who isn't pretty proficient <laughs> with computers or doesn't have admin access. <laughs> and I guess it rules out consoles as well. Although I guess you could, yeah, you could theoretically adjust the time on a console as well. Goddamn right mm-hmm. you can. I've definitely done it in Animal Crossing on Switch. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. What you got to do is like uh, screw with the permissions in the game itself. So the game has the permission to change your system clock. There you go. <laughs> Why does this game require admin? <laughs> yeah. That's going to... Mm, I have to put a, a pin in it for when we talk about Pony Island one day. But um, mm. I like stuff like that. Yeah, We'll have a good fourth wall break. Sorry. I know we're coming up on time, but Mike, I want to ask, how are you enjoying 20 Minutes to Dawn compared to a Vampire Survivors, which we have all sunk a fuck ton of time into? More than 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean it's 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 enjoyable in its own right. Um, I think it's still early enough in its development that there's a lot of room for growth and, and improving on certain things. Um, but yeah, I I would say I, I would still prefer Vampire Survivors over it just because there it, it seems like there's very limited room for meta progression right now there's a, a, mm-hmm. a darkness system that makes the game harder like ascension and um slay the spire uh, but beyond that there's not really any sort of meta progression there's runes that are like permanent buffs and you can select different combinations but there's no like unlock system there's no uh There's no uh, like like system for reaching certain goals to then unlock more characters. You know, all the characters are just unlocked from the right, start. Yeah, so, um, it's got to see some more development. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But mm-hmm. it as is, it is a, a thoroughly enjoyable game, and I think it's also only it's less than five dollars, so it is enjoyable for the price. I do have a critique of this game, though. Mm-hmm. I think a very massive misstep. And I don't own it. But they released a demo. Mm-hmm. And they did a really cute thing, which I thought was funny. Um, but also dumb. Which was, uh, they named the demo 10 Minutes Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. And it's a separate game on Steam. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, that game, uh, maybe I should look and see like how much it actually costs. And if you go to like the store page to now purchase the game, it just says this game's no longer available uh-huh. because they made the demo temporarily available and it's a separate title. You can't have it be called uh-huh. something else. Gotcha. So for anyone who played the demo and just can't remember that it was actually 20 minutes instead of 10 minutes, they actually potentially lost all of those people because it yeah. looks like the game is not on Steam. So the the funny thing about that is they're there is the actual ability within the game, the full release or the, the mm. 20 minutes version um, to only play a 10 minute run. So gotcha. mm-hmm. the demo functionality is in the game. <laughs> so I'm wondering why they would have done other than just, they didn't have time to properly code a demo. Like I feel to like cut functionality off steam. Unless you have different like distributables though, for like right. a demo and like the full release. Right. So I think they did it literally for the gag, for the joke of this is 10 minutes to dawn. Maybe. Because it's not a full 20 minutes to dawn. Interesting decision. Mm. Run that one by marketing. Do you think if they make a third game? Sorry. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to increment in uh, intervals of 10 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. 28 weeks to dawn. Yeah. I was going to say, at some point, we're going to get to seven days to die. Mm-hmm. It's going to go from a 2D to a 3D game. What if they're set in the same universe? 
that would probably We've not been sent back in the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would like to extend my our thanks uh, once again uh, to Mike coming on here, being a uh, a guest on the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime that you come up in rotation. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anytime. Regardless of, regardless of what Jake says, I'll have you anytime. Yeah. Anytime, two weeks notice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do try to give people more heads up. But um, Mike, uh, I'll, I'll shamelessly shout out, is good at filling in sometimes. You know, like if we have complications or scheduling conflicts, things like that. Uh, he's a trooper and he's jumped in to save us. So um, Dave, much Dave appreciated. Does. Dave does know that I am good at filling in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do a second one, but I was like, I see it. I see it there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to gloss over all the innuendo. Um, but if you guys have innuendo that you would like to send to us that relates to video games, I guess, recommendations, I don't know. Uh, send that in at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook. I recently started talking to a couple people there. I'll try to like get them off the platform and onto other things. Facebook.com slash Soapstone Podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Have a good one.